Hey everyone, on this episode of Two Kids on the Block, we interview a really amazing guy. His name is Mr. Alex Gomez. He is a NFT writer, enthusiast, collector, investor, all that good stuff. He actually works for Gary Vee in 1.37 p.m. Kamea and I both read his articles on a daily basis, and it's really, really informative content. So we have him on the show to talk about how we got started, how he puts together articles, his experience interviewing some of the greatest minds in this space. Kamea, what was your favorite part of the interview? I think my favorite part was really when he went more in depth on how he chooses his favorite NFTs because his thought process was really amazing and it's really cool to see how he thinks about the nft world especially when he works for gary v who's like super passionate about nfts yeah my favorite part was about when i asked him about his intuition and because he's able to get up close and personal with all these founders if there's any founders that he meets that he feels are going to be really 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 talented and successful and if he's going to buy into those projects or if there's some that he feels maybe aren't as passionate about the space and so, yeah, we'll, we'll let everyone get straight to it. Hope you enjoy. Hey, everyone. We are here now with Mr. Alex Gomez. He is a NFT editor for 1.37 p.m. He also has his own website called Cyberskrilla. And he's also a VFriends collector. So we're super excited to have him. How's your day going? Yeah, it's going great. Um, thank you guys for having me on. I've been looking forward to this since you reached out to me. Um, so yeah, I'm just here and I'm ready to just chat NFTs because that's what I love to do. Same here. We we absolutely love NFTs and we're so excited to talk to you today. So kind of let's start with before you got into NFTs, before you even heard about what cryptocurrency or NFTs were, what were you doing mm-hmm. then? Um, yeah, so like going far back is high school. Um, my first job was working at a grocery store. Um, just kind of like started as a bagger, worked my way up to management. Um, and eventually I actually started working in another industry that was also retail, um, which was the marijuana industry because it's legal in Oregon. So I became a, a wholesale manager eventually for this really big dispensary in Oregon. Um, which was my last job. I worked there for about four years and I drove about 200 miles a day because I live in Idaho where marijuana is illegal mm. and I had to drive to Oregon. So I had to drive through the mountains just to get to my work. Um, wow. So I did that for like four years and eventually wow. I was like, man, I need to, I need to do something else. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was long before I even discovered <laughs> NFTs. So. so, so walk me through the moment that you first read about nfts for the first time yeah honestly so it was at my it was at my job i was like i was looking to do something kind of you know entrepreneurial um like try to do some kind of side hustle so i was looking through all these podcasts and that's when i stumbled upon gary v who i heard through another podcast and i was like okay let's check this guy out and the, i remember the, the first video i watched of him on youtube i was like I have no idea what this guy's talking about. <laughs> and it made me it made me want to learn more. So I just like went down this rabbit hole of watching a bunch of Gary Vee videos. Um, and, you know, so I was doing that religiously, like on a daily basis. And eventually, I think it was probably 
I want to say like January, February, maybe of last year, 2021, he started talking about NFTs and that's, I mean, that's honestly how I got started. Um, like a lot of people. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty new to the space. I consider myself, um, an amateur. Uh, I'm just really passionate about learning everything NFT and web three. Um, I kind of like being on top of like what's new and trending. I feel like that's kind of how I've been. And, um, this, it kind of really hit with me because back when I was a kid, um, I used to collect like a lot of stuff. I remember as early as probably five years old, I collected something super weird, which was uh, bars of soap. So I'd like collect different <laughs> brands of soap. Um, and I was, yeah, I was like five or six, super random. And then eventually, you know, that evolved into collecting Pokemon cards and sneakers. Um, and then so eventually when I heard NFTs, I was just like, it kind of started to make sense to me. So you did like all this research about NFTs, figuring out what they were, and obviously now you're involved a lot in NFTs. You own some, you work to write about NFTs. What was like the yeah. first big action you took in the NFT world? Was it buying your V-Friend? Was it working for 137? Yeah, I'd say like my very first big action was probably buying Ethereum, which again was probably February time of last year. So I wasn't super early. I think I bought into Ethereum when it was maybe 12 or 1300 bucks. Um, and that was, it was kind of scary for me. You know, it was my first experience with crypto. I was aware that Bitcoin existed, but I never looked into it just because I wasn't something that, that personally interested me, like, like NFTs kind of do. Um, but that was like my first big moment where I was like, okay, if I'm going to put this money into crypto, like, and the only reason I was doing that really was to to invest in NFTs. I was like, I got to go all in. So um, that's when I was like, I need to learn everything that I can if I'm going to do this. All right. So uh, I have something cool that I like. I realize is like you can kind of tell when someone got into the NFT space uh, or crypto space when they joined Twitter. So oh, yeah. like how serious they were. So <laughs> like I joined back in 2019 and I've been in since 20, late 2017. So I guess I'm kind of sort of an OG. So my first my first question is um, on your blog for the top NFT projects for 2022, I noticed that you chose a good mix of projects that are more artistic, abstract, and less cartoony, if that makes sense. So I feel like doing this requires some skills to recognize what is good art and what will others like. Do you like, do you go off how the art makes you like, quote unquote, feel, or is there more to your decisions when picking NFT projects? I mean, like if I'm, so writing an article um, is kind of different, not too much different, but like when I wrote that article, I was thinking first what, what I like and what I look for, like a lot of that stuff. Um, I do own some of it, some of it I don't, but yeah, I mean, it's really just stuff that I like, like some of the photographers that I mentioned, um, I just really like their photography. And I know that like Gary Vee has mentioned, photography is going to be a trend that's going to have its moment in NFTs. And I don't think we're quite there yet, but it's coming up soon. Um, so I kind of mentioned that. And then the other projects is just all about the research that I've done. Um, Crypto Skulls, for example, is a historical mm -hmm. NFT from you know 2019 and they're trying to build their own brand. And so, you know, I think that's interesting to me. I think that historical 
factor has value and will always have value no matter what happens with the brand. Um, so yeah, it's just stuff that I really enjoy and that I believe has value in, in certain ways, you know, like the way that I look at art is not necessarily the same that I look at the crypto schools project, but they both have their, their qualities that I like. What was the first NFT that you ever bought? The first NFT that I ever bought. So, so it's kind of funny because like you're talking about how you got on Twitter, you know, you said, I think 2019 and I didn't get on Twitter until, or even Instagram until 2021, which like when I kind of got into the NFT space, I really just had like a Facebook. And so once I got on social media, I was like really looking for other people who were into NFTs, which back in March of 2021 was not a lot of people like there is now. Um, so I came across this musician. His name is Famous Dill, and he had his own NFTs. He had released his music album as an NFT, and he actually um, has a platinum hit single called Jordan Belfort, um, which is kind of like, you know, it's a it's a pretty known song. Um, so I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Because I knew from listening to Gary that, you know, ultimately you're investing in the creator behind the NFT. Yeah. And I was like, well, that he's already accomplished some things and I like his music. So um, I'm going to buy his NFT. And his NFT came with utilities, which, again, like in March, I felt like an NFT with utility is kind mm -hmm. of a big deal because there was not a lot of that at the time. Yeah. So like the NFT was um, you got access to VIP access to all his shows, merchandise drops. And that's like a lifetime kind of deal. So that was the first NFT I bought. And the funny thing is, like, I actually ended up buying the wrong NFT from him. It wasn't the one that I originally wanted. So he's like, oh, no, that was this one. And I was like, okay, well, I'll buy that one too. So I ended up buying two of his NFTs um, <laughs> just because I wanted to have it and I really liked his music. I didn't, you know, I was hopeful that he was going to do something with his brand. Um, and he's still very active in the space. So I still hold a lot of his NFTs. But yeah, music, I really love music. And that was the first thing I bought because I was like, I love music. This looks like a good project. I'm going to go go all in. <laughs> Real quick follow-up question it. before Kamea goes. What's the story behind buying your V-Friend? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good time. I think I'll remember the, the V-Friend's purchase forever. So I, I was listening, you know, to Gary religiously. So by the time he started mentioning V-Friend's, I was really, like, bullish on Gary as a person. And so he started talking about doing his own project. And of course he's talking about utility and value and building a brand. And Classic I mean, we Gary. all know if, yeah, exactly. If you listen to Gary V, you know that this guy knows how to build a brand and run a business. So I was like, okay, like there were no doubt in my mind that, that I was like, I need to get some of these V friends. So um, I probably, I spent too much money on them because I put most of my savings into it. Um, and I was, wow. I was prepared to do that. I was like, you know, I'm, I was really confident. I'm confident in his abilities to execute. So I was like, okay, I know I talked with my wife, I'm married. And I was like, Hey, um, Gary Vee's got this NFT project and she didn't really know what NFTs were at the time, but she's like, okay, if that's what you want to do, then, you know, then you can do that. So um, I remember like the first day when Gary, when Gary dropped the the V friends, I think it happened like a week later because, you know, he kept pushing it back. 
And eventually I was like, all right, today's the day. I like got off work early, freaking drove home. I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm ready. And then I go to the site, it drops, and then I'm checking out. And this was just one V friend at the time. And the, I got hit with a Gatsby and it was like $20,000. And I was just like, um, yeah, I can't do that. Because there was a, I guess there was an error on their end. Yeah. Crazy. And he actually says that that's kind of the reason why it didn't sell out quickly because he had a little issue. But <laughs> I remember I was like at my computer and I was all like, my hands were shaking and I was sweating and I was like on the phone with my wife and I was like, okay, I'm about to, I'm about to buy this now. Cause you know, it was like really expensive because ETH was, it was over $4,000 at the time. And I think the first V friend I bought was like two or 2.5 ETH. So it was like the biggest investment I had ever made. Oh um, my gosh. Well, I, well, I did that. Did you get a return on your investment? I mean, I haven't, I haven't cashed out any V friends. I own four of them. Um, <laughs> That's but good. I know the floor right now is about 13 ETH. I think the last time I checked, so about $40,000. So, um, and I, wow. so I put in a total of about, I think like $17,000 and I'm going to, I'm going to keep holding probably for, you know, years to come at least. Wow. Especially at least till VCon because VCon is going to be really great, I think. Yeah. So you have over like 120 ETH in value with your V friends. That's like what? 120 times 3,000? It's like three, uh, <laughs> almost half a million. Not not almost, but like $360,000 <laughs> worth of V friends. Uh, you must be very, your wife must be very happy as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't honestly don't even see it as like having money because I don't like, I don't plan on cashing it out at least, you know, not anytime soon. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's in the back of my mind, like, okay, I got these V friends that if I were to need to cash that money out, I could do it. But I know like come tax season, they're also going to take a huge cut, probably 30% of that. So I'm just like, eh, you know, (laughs) but yeah, it's like, I'm definitely, I'm so thankful that (laughs) I was aware of V friends and that I had the means to do to invest in V friends because I know like that's a lot of money. And I mean, it's just crazy that how it all worked out that I had that money at the time and that I was able to invest in like such a solid person because um, I know a lot of people want to invest in Gary V, but he doesn't really, he's not like the, the kind of guy that's like, Hey, give me money and you know, I'll do something for you. He likes, yeah. he likes to just, <laughs> execute on his own and so when i saw v friends i was like this is an opportunity to invest in gary like i would be it would be stupid not to invest in him Mm, yeah that's just that's such an amazing story it's like it's your your wife must be so cool to like let you spend that money on the um v friends so that is just an awesome story my question for you is quite an interesting question like how do you stay confident in your job when not everyone takes the NFT world seriously? Because I know you made a tweet that talked about like when you're, you know, you're a family guy and you made a tweet about like when your family and friends ask you what you do for work and you say you collect <laughs> JPEGs and make um, you write about JPEGs. And then like the emojis were like laughing and they're like, they thought you were joking. So, and even Gary V at sometimes people often view him as cringe. A lot of people view him as cringer or as a joke. So, with all the hate, all the memes, and all the controversy surrounding the NFT world, how do you stay confident in your path? That's a, a good question. I mean, I mean to be honest, like I'm um, I'm empathetic for the people that 
that say they're scams and that kind of hate on them because because a lot of them are. I mean, like Gary always says, like 98% of NFTs are going to fail, like the projects, because ultimately you're building a brand. And most of these people that are selling NFTs don't know the first thing about building a brand. Um, and really, I mean, how I stay confident, I just... Like the the reason I started writing about NFTs because I was like, man, this is like a lot of stuff to to wrap yeah, your mind yeah. around. And I was like, I really want to I want to help people understand this because like as I was going through the process, I'm like man, this is just so much. Like my brain literally hurt. So I like my main goal is to help other people um, just get in a space. So I mean, if there's people that that don't want to learn about NFTs or think they're a scam, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not trying to convince anyone that, you know, NFTs are like that you should invest in them or do anything like that. I'm not a financial advisor. Yeah, I just yeah. create content for for people that yes. that are interested. And so when people come at me with with like hate or negativity, you know, I completely understand because um, I'm not going to say I was there at one point because I, I never necessarily thought that about NFTs, but I totally get it because there's some things that I don't understand and I'm like, why would anyone mess with that? Like, but it's really just my, my lack of knowledge. So yeah, I mean, I just create stuff that I think other people want to know and I hope that I can help them in that. So that's kind of, you know, how I stay confident. Let's talk about something Kamea and I are really excited to ask you about, and I'm sure many in the audience as well. So what's the backstory behind, you now work for Gary V in one thirty-seven PM as a writer, what's the backstory behind that? Yeah, so it kind of goes, ties back into like, ever since I was young, I knew that I wanted to do like something great. I don't really know what that meant. I just knew like, I had this kind of like feeling. Um, I remember telling my friend, I was probably like, probably like 10 or maybe a little younger. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to do something great. Like, I want to be in the NBA or something. And I remember my friend telling me, like, oh, you can't do that. They only do that on TV. And so I feel like kind of kind of ever <laughs> since of being, like, an entrepreneur has been in the back of my mind. Um, so when I was working at my, my other job, which, which I loved, and I love the people that I worked with, and I respect them, but I was kind of – I was just over the industry, um, and I was looking for, for an outlet – a way to get out of it and so I could work from home and kind of start working on cyber Skrilla. And that was about the same time I got on Twitter and um, I followed 137, you know, right when I got my social media, I just happened to see some of the content they produced. So I was like, okay, I, I even won a, a sweatshirt from them on Twitter before <laughs> I ever worked for them. Cause like they didn't have a lot of interaction on Twitter and, you know, I ended up winning a, winning a sweater. But one day I saw, um, they posted on Twitter like, oh, we're, we're hiring. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Let's look at all the job postings. And I was scrolling through and I saw something for a posting for NFT editor. And like, it just clicked. I was like, okay, I need to, I need to see if I can't get on like doing this because that's exactly what I was doing for myself. And if I could do it, you know, as my full-time job, that would be like absolutely amazing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I reached out and was like, Hey, um, you know, I want to, I want to write for you guys. And eventually I went through like two or three interviews with the team and yeah, the rest is history. I've been, I've been working with them since. 
that is that's so it's just it's so interesting like your story it's like super unique because like you always hear all these different stories of people making a lot of money on the like nft world and all that stuff and it's just so cool to see your perspective in the world because i know you're super passionate about it and i know this this question it's relating to the subject but it's like it's kind of a a selfish question but (laughs) but um i wanted to know what is it like to work like pretty closely with gary v since he's like so passionate about nfts i mean what kind of person do you have to be like to handle the energy he's putting into the nft world like what is it like well to be honest um since I live in Idaho, I actually work remotely, so I don't work directly with Gary V. Um, if I do see Gary, it's usually over like mm-hmm. a Zoom call or a recording that he recorded for 137. Um, but with that being said, like obviously the the kind of like community that is formed at 137 has a lot of Gary like in it. Like a lot of the people are just really passionate in their in their niche, you know with what they do. So it kind of resonates through everyone. Um, so I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't speak on what it's, what it's like to work directly for Gary, but I can say that his energy flows through the entire <laughs> yeah. team because it all starts at the top and, you know, it all, it all leads to each individual and it's 137 is probably the fa- my favorite place that I've ever worked for because the people are passionate and, you know, they give kind candor. So they give yeah. feedback like, yeah. hey, you're messing up here. You're doing a good job here, but you could do better here. And then, you know, it's just that's necessary in life. And I really respect the way that they, they get that feedback. And I know that that comes from Gary because I know um, he said that he's he struggled with, with kind candor for a long time. And, you know, that's that's how everyone it just resonates through everyone. So overall, it's like a really positive experience. Mm-hmm. And I see a little bit of Gary's attitude and the entire team. Yeah. And it, I, I read articles a lot. That's how I found you because I, I go in 137 every day and read the articles from, they always do like book of Boba Fett recaps or NFT stuff. And they're always really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was really interested in, in how you put together your articles because they can be like really broad subjects. How do you go about researching the, the subject and then figuring out how to put it into an article? And then how does that go from your mind to the website? Yeah, my, I feel like um, that's an interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, it's an interesting question because I feel like my style of writing is, is a little different than everyone. Um, like first off, throughout school, junior high, high school, I failed all my English classes. I got D's and F's. Um, I wasn't a great student really because I wasn't interested in it, which I kind of regret not paying attention in English class because I do struggle um, with writing sometimes. So the way that I learned to write was in 2020, I was researching how to start your own blog because I have another blog. It's a travel blog, which was my first site that I ever started. And so my research style is to to really just break down, like, I go, like, what are the consumers looking for? Like, what are people asking? Like, if someone's asking what's an NFT, they want to know, they don't want to just know, like, oh, what is an NFT? Like, well, what gives an NFT value? Or how do you buy an NFT? Or, so you kind of got to figure out what what people are really asking, especially with the broad topics. 
and then you can kind of break it down into like very specific things. Um, and a lot of my research comes from obviously just like talking with others in the space and then consuming a lot of content like like Gary V or, mm-hmm. you know, reading Twitter threads and comments on Twitter threads. Um, or now my team, because, you know, we have a team of people who are really passionate about the space. So we can all vibe off each other and come up with new ideas and um, even topics to cover. So like a really good way to do it is look at Google. Like if you type in like what's an NFT on Google and then it kind of displays like um, other asked questions. Those are the only reason that Google displays that is because people are literally asking that. So I'm like, okay obviously this needs answered. Um, so that kind of helps me form, form my structure. Like I'm pretty literal in, in things that I explain. And that's something I'm trying to get better at is being like uh, more of a creative writer because I'm like, okay, I, I feel like a robot sometimes. I'm just like answer this question, but you know, as long as people get their question answered, that's what's important to me. That's actually really smart. Just like going on Google and then looking at the other ask like FAQ tabs. Kamea, do you have have a question? All right. So another thing you do other than your like informational articles, you did one about uh, the bacon blockchain, (laughs) which is pretty funny. Um, But you also do a ton of interviews, like interviewing founders of projects, influential people in the space. You interviewed Nada Hayes, I think a few days ago, and, and she's also a fellow teen person in the crypto space. Um, how are you meeting all these new people and, and how has been your experience like meeting them? Yeah. So it's, it's a little different. Like, like when I first started before I worked for 137, it was, I was meeting everyone just through social media. Like, like I interviewed, um, famous Dill, who was that the artist that I bought my first NFT from. He was my first interview that I ever did. Um, so for a while it was, was through social media, but now working at 137, um, we have a whole team. We've got like a relationship manager, a business developer, and they kind of, they set me up like, Hey, we want to, we want to talk with these people. And so they're like, we want to write an article about them. And then, so that's when I set up a meeting with them and, you know, I get to, I get to sit there and chat with them for 30 minutes and kind of learn about their story. So that's really a lot of my interviews now come all from 1.37 p.m. and what we're trying to cover, um, which is great. I still do get a lot of DMs on Twitter being like, hey, we'd love to work with you guys. But ultimately, um, it's not just my say, it's the entire team. So it's kind of a team effort who we who we decide to cover. Yeah, I think, I mean, just your story, the way you've like you've grown into you found Gary V and then through him you learned about NFTs and then crypto and then you've grown your Twitter following to over two thousand and as you know our audience we our audience were directed towards like twelve to seventeen year olds that want to learn more about NFTs. So we like to keep it short and sweet and I, unless Ben question. has another question. Or, I feel like or, this or is a good <laughs> oh, okay. Ben can give his final question. So we'll who's been the <laughs> your favorite person that you've interviewed? in the crypto space so far? Oh man, that's really tough. Um, honestly, recently I interviewed um, <clears throat> Jeremy Fisher, who is actually on our our spaces today, who has an NFT project that he's dropping. Um, it's called Lucky Ducky NFTs. Um, 
And the reason I liked interviewing him so much, not only is he like a super humble and nice person, but he is in the like animation and stopped motion industry. So he creates like claymations, um, which really hits home with me because when I was like 12, 13, uh, my brother and I would always create like (laughs) little claymations and set up scenes and little cities and take pictures and make little movies and post them on YouTube. (laughs) And just that, like how I could relate to that was, it was just really cool because like the NFT space is, you can do anything. I mean, whether you're an artist, like a painter or a musician or, you know, it's just, it's for everyone. And I think that's the the best part about it. So I think Jeremy's story was really cool of how he, how he came up. Um, Cause his story was like, Oh, well, when I was younger, I liked doing this, but eventually got away from it. And then he came back to it once he was older and he made a career out of it. And I kind of feel like that's the, the journey that I'm on is like, um, I just have been having all these realizations like, oh man, when I was a kid, I used to enjoy doing this. Why did I ever let that go? Yeah. And so now I'm trying to get back to like what I felt mm-hmm. as a, as a child and what I liked. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, real quick before you um, say something, Ben. When you're speaking of claymation, that just like something reminded me. I remember watching um, like I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but it's like it's called Pengu. Pengu. It's like a claymation. It's about like a penguin. I don't know if you heard about it, but <laughs> that's just something that popped into my head. I remember watching it when I was so, coming back to you, Ben. We, we all agree that like the <laughs> NFT project, it's all about the the founders, the operators. You know, how good are they at building the brand? And you have the opportunity to sit down with these people for 30 minutes do you ever get a sense of like because you get to know them pretty well do you ever have the sense of oh this person i, I know they're definitely going to make it to the most determined person or or the flip end if is like they're not too passionate about this do you ever get that sense from from your interviews yeah i, I definitely have and i think obviously the more interviews i do probably the better my intuition will get um one, one example is I interviewed Frank Dukes, who is a famous record producer from Canada. He's worked with artists like Drake, The Weeknd, Taylor Swift, and all these people, um, which already is really cool. But one, when he was explaining his kind of his journey into Web3, um, it wasn't just like a journey of like Web3 is like, like his life is, is kind of changing, like um, a new moment in his life. And just the passion that he, that he spoke with, I think was really, was really cool. And I was like, man, this guy really wants to succeed. Um, so I think, yeah, you can definitely kind of get a tell a sense from people or there's maybe there's some people that are like, Oh yeah, you know, I just thought I'd draw this cartoon and try to make a million dollars. And so I don't know, you can definitely tell people that are like really passionate about what they're doing because they've maybe they've been doing it their whole life and they just kind of have grown into the NFT space. And then there's others that, or kind of just now jumping on NFTs and doing something completely new, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it depends on the person to your point. Yeah. I, f- I find that really, really interesting. And have you bought like an NFT from someone you've interviewed after you did the interview? Like this person was so, so, so passionate and I, I have so much trust in them that I'm going to buy one after talking to them. Have you done that yet? Yeah, most definitely. So back to, to Frank Dukes, like I interviewed him that was in, that was in December. And then it was actually, let's see, it's February. I, I waited until February. And then I kind of was like thinking, thinking back to it. And I was like, 
you know what? I really like, I like Frank Dukes. And then I started like researching the project again. I got into the discord. It was like checking out the community. And you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to mint some of these. So I minted, I think I've got like 10 of them now. Um, so he's a perfect example. Like I really like music. I really like Frank Dukes. I'm going to go for it. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely do that. My last question to you, unless Camille has, has any real quick, is for <laughs> no, no, no. our audience of all kids and teens who are really interested in, in the space of NFTs, cryptocurrency, and obviously they don't have a huge amount of money to spend buying things uh, and they all have different interests, what would be your, your best piece of advice for how they can get involved in the space? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think just, um, I mean, obviously, you know, what everyone preaches is do your own research. Like if anything, even if you can't buy into NFTs, it doesn't mean that you can't learn about the technology. Um, so knowledge is free. I mean, with the internet, you can learn almost anything you want. I'd say just consume Mm. as much as you can. And if you like, you know, obviously do what you like. But if you like creating content, I know like for me, creating content has helped me understand certain topics even more. Um, So I think that's something that they could do. Um, Other than that, like don't follow any trends. Just, you know, look at what what your interests are and try to, to find that within NFTs. Because like a lot of people will buy something just because, you know, a celebrity is pumping it or, you know, for a lot of reasons. But ultimately like why are you buying it if you don't like it you don't buy like you know shoes or yeah yeah. a video game that you wouldn't play like what's the point so i kind of treat it the same way like if i like something i'm going to learn about it and if i have the means then i will you know buy it or look further into it um but yeah just research and try to find things you like and eventually maybe you'll have the means to do something with it if i guess last follow-up question to that if you are our age, like if you were 15 <laughs> today in this day and age, what would you be doing? And if I was 15, like, and NFTs were around, what would I be doing? Yeah, like if you pr- were 15 right now with this world of NFTs and you had the interest, yeah, what would you be doing right now? Hmm. It's tough to say because I was a lot different when I was 15, but honestly... <laughs> I would probably be doing what, what you guys are doing. Um, Cause like what, what you guys are doing, I think is like amazing. You're so young. I think what you're 15 and 12, which is like to, to be what you're doing and to have the knowledge that you have right now is, is insane. And I think it's really cool. I really admire you both. Um, so I'd probably, I'd probably be doing the same thing you are learning about stuff I'm interested in and then producing content around it to, to share with others who might have that same interest. Um, ultimately though, it just comes down to doing what you like. So I like creating content. So I think that's what I'd be doing if I was 15. For sure. For sure. This is an, an awesome interview. Kamea, do you have any last, last questions? <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, final things. I just want to say you're, you're a super awesome guest. The number one thing I think I learned from you is how you used your intuition throughout your life to move in the direction you felt you want to go. And I think we just found a super resource to tap into. Your story shows that you can tap into your intuition 
very strong. Just please keep writing. We're paying attention to your um, blog. We always check it out. And you post awesome content, so keep it up. Everyone go check out Alex Gomez on his Twitter, Alex W. Gomez with two Z's yep. on the end, I think. And check out his blog, Cyber Skrilla. Skrilla, by the way, is um, slang for money for yep. anyone that didn't know. <laughs> I looked it up in the Urban Dictionary. Okay. So thank you, guys. Thank you, thank Alex. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys, for listening. And we'll, st- we'll see you guys later. Peace. Wow, that was a, a really, really amazing episode, Kamea. What do you think? Uh, I loved all of his um, different thoughts. Like, he is just, he's really an amazing thinker and a really amazing um, blog writer. And if you guys haven't already, I would really recommend to check out his website, cyberskrilla.com. He gives amazing blog posts and he's just an awesome guy. He gives a lot of different opinions, a lot of different ideas about the empty space. And he's always there. Like he's always learning, always pioneering. And just, I want to say that this wasn't really an amazing episode. And some of his articles that he writes for 1.37 p.m. are really, really amazing. I mean, that's how Kamea and I found him was through reading his articles. And now we have them on the show. So that was that was a really cool experience. Um, yeah, but that was today's episode. Hope you all enjoyed. We have a ton of other episodes now and we have a, a few things in the running. So make sure to leave a review uh, if you so choose. And, and yeah, a lot of exciting things coming. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Two Kids on the Block. I'm Benjamin Wong. And I am Kamea LaFontaine. We'll see you guys later. See you next week. Hey, Ben. Yeah? You know what just really puts a smile on my face whenever we do our podcasts? What? Uh, when people leave a review, because I just love the positive information, oh, the yeah. positivity reviews that people give, because it really puts a smile on my face. And I really, yeah, um, that's really one of the things that helps me keep going in the NFT community, because there can be a lot of hate in this world. So whenever you just leave a review with a nice positive message, it really puts a smile on our face. And we're glad that you're supporting our brand. So we just want to thank the people that gave us a review. And we would love it if you listening would give a review if you haven't already.